Welcome back to the fourth edition of Ballin' Ain't a Hobby. Fourth week in the NBA. First things first, I'm going to keep harping it because I know you guys are sleeping on us. Follow us on Twitter at Ain't a Hobby. Some of the dopest highlights, you're going to see them there first. We're working hard to get those to you. Good stats, and obviously we're going to try to get you the best news. Like today, we got some killer news. Some wild shit went down today, guys. James Harden officially on the move, going to the Brooklyn Nets. Blockbuster, three-team trade. Well, four-team trade, actually. My bad. Sorry, Pacers. And, I mean, let's just hit you with a little bit of the details. They're getting rid of uh, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, four first-rounders and four pick swaps. Oladipo ends up going to the Rockets. Karis LeVert ends up going to the Pacers. Jared Allen ends up going to the Cavs. Those are kind of just the highlights of a couple other moving pieces, but nothing too crazy, nothing that's going to impact the season too much. I mean, I'm going to send it over to you, Brandon. I know you were you were hyped and you were adamant that this was going to happen. How do you feel now that it's happened? It kind of progressed really quickly from yesterday after – that press conference is kind of a shit show press conference where he pretty much said, yeah, this is not going to work out. Yeah, I'm not I'm not with it. And then getting blown out by the Lakers back to back. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, you knew this was happening after Harden's comments last night. You knew it was over. There's no way they could play another game. The report this morning was that they were going to keep him away from the team until they got a trade. So it was just about who was going to pony up, what it was going to take for getting James Harden. And it happened to be the Nets, and they gave up literally every pick they possibly can. They gave four picks plus four pick swaps. That's what you can do. That's the max. They also gave up Karis LeVert. They gave up Jared Allen, Torrey Prince, and they got James Harden, who is one of the best players in the league, best scorers. I think it is going to be an adjustment period. The two trades that are similar to this were Paul George and Anthony Davis, which both happened in the offseason. This is like a seismic shift that happened in the middle of the season with three prominent scorers, ball handlers. It's going to be a tough fit. The Kyrie situation makes this whole thing more of like an unfinished situation because we really don't know what Kyrie's situation is going to be in this whole thing. But right now, the Nets are by far, I think, the favorite in the East. I think they're probably the favorite in the whole league to even win the championship. Whoa. I mean, I think this was a... I think this was I think this is a big move. We'll have to see what where it goes. Yeah. Just to piggyback off of that, I mean betting line, I think 270 280 favorites. So now it's uh over the Lakers. The Lakers are 280, I think. So they're the, right there. The, um I th- they're like literally right next to each other. So the Nets yeah. and the Lakers betting favorites to win the finals. So not the hottest take, but Joe, I know you're not loving that take. I know you're all in on the Lakers still. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a great team. They're going to be Really just fucking unguardable. I don't know how you can guard a pick and roll with Kevin Durant and James Harden. I don't know how you can guard a pick and roll with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And now Kyrie and Harden are two of the best ISO scorers in the game. So they don't even need a screen. They could just get their own shot. So that for sure is going to be something that they will have the advantage on. But the issue really still is going to be, can they lock down other teams when it really matters? Can Does it matter? James Harden. Does it, who, who's going to outscore them? The Lakers in the fucking finals. That's what I'm saying. We'll see. All right. I, I'm just saying they can't guard a LeBron and Anthony Davis pick and roll, whereas Anthony Davis could theoretically 
control the paint, and maybe shut down one of those three, and that's all you need. If you can shut you down one of them. You still got two other two other guys though. But I'm saying LeBron and Anthony Davis are still going to be unguardable for the Nets. So it's just like Harden and Durant going to be unguardable, and that just leaves. It comes down to if Schroeder and you don't Harrell. think LeBron. You don't think LeBron could maybe guard one of those two when it really oh, matters. Oh, for sure. Your boy for is sure. motherfucking LeBron. For so sure. now you're telling me LeBron can't play defense. That's what I'm saying. So it comes down to if Schroeder. It comes down to if Schroeder and Harrell can equal the production of Kyrie Irving, and I don't think they will. It just comes down to if Kyrie plays. If Kyrie doesn't play the season, yeah, then I, mean, I, that's, I agree with you. That's that equation does not equal. There's no way you should think that those two are going to equal Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's once in a generation. I think that's talent. what it comes I'm, down to. And you still have Joe Harris. <laughs> Joe Harris is a good piece. I'm not saying he doesn't help their team. I'm just saying as a whole, it's just he's going to eat I'm, off these three guys. I'm, I'm going with consistency and what has been in place for one year. What's already won a title over something that's getting dropped in the middle of the season. Obviously, Harden I is agree. still unbelievable. He can do everything that you want on the court, but. It's no joke that he's not in game shape right now. So he has a season to get there. I'm just saying he has to work with this team. They have to all find a way to coexist. And James Harden's never been a guy who's willing to just be a part of an offense and not be the main focal point. He he was in OKC, but he had no choice. He was the odd man out. Russ and KD were the main guys, and Harden had to kind of do what he was asked. But with Houston, it was the complete opposite. The guy got to do whatever the fuck he wanted. If it wasn't his way, they didn't do it. So... I just think it's a lot to just assume that he's going to go there and it's going to all work out perfectly and they're the title contenders. I, I'm not going that far yet. They're going to be great. I'm not saying they're not going to be great, but I'm not ready to go that far. I agree with you that it's not going to be easy, but like James Harden, the Nets were his number one pick. He knew what he was getting. He know he knows Kevin Durant's on this team. He knows Kyrie Irving's on this team. Like He knows what he's getting himself into. It's not like the Heat, they're, they're just you know, snatching them out of nowhere. Like, he chose this team. I would assume, well, there's no guarantee, of course, but I would assume he he's prepared to play off, more off-ball, play to the similar role he had in OKC. Obviously, he's developed into a, a completely different player since then, but I think he, he knows what he's getting himself into. And at the same time, he's going to be the primary ball handler. He's averaging, like, 11 assists a game so far this year. Like, him and KD are going to be pick and rolling all game. Like, I think Kyrie's more of the odd man out at this point than James Harden's going to be. The good thing is Kyrie's a better catch and shoot. I mean, he he fits a better catch and shoot mold than Harden necessarily because you want Harden breaking a defender and breaking a defense off dribbles, off step backs, and Kyrie can move a little bit better off screens. So in in theory, it makes sense. I mean, I get the skepticism though because realistically, their wing defense is is lacking at this point. I mean, who's even their best best wing defender? I mean, Durant, it's Durant, but he's going to be playing like a four or five at this point. That's what I'm saying. He's going to essentially be the down low. Joe Harris. They got they got guys, but they do not have lockdown guys. That's for sure. Lockdown. Who's going to who's going to guard LeBron? Durant has to guard LeBron, right? Let's say Durant guards LeBron. You're just hoping to outscore everyone at this point. But and I mean, you have Steve Nash. You have D'Antoni. Which, by the way, James Harden reuniting with not only Kevin Durant but D'Antoni. Like shout out to that. But I mean, I think that's a storyline no one's talking about. The love story we all wanted. Of course. I, they're, they're they're gonna they're prepared to play with a high pace. They have the offense to do it. Like Joe Harris, like I said, he's gonna eat by getting wide open shots with all three of these guys here. Like I, I mean, DJ they, right now, DJ is their only center. Jared Allen stepped up and became, was a starting center over the last like four or five games, and he's been outplaying D, DJ like a lot. So I mean, now they're going back to DJ. 
I think there's still another move there that they're going to have to get another big man. This goes back to my LaMarcus Aldridge trade. I don't think they have the pieces to make that anymore. But I think they need to either get a buyout guy or something unless they really are hoping that DJ is who he used to be. But Or just KD at the five when it comes to closing games. But or I don't know if you really want to trust that. They drafted, they drafted Nicholas Claxton last year, and he's, he's shown some he's flashes. He's been hurt. He's been hurt so lately, but it, it's again like, are you really gonna trust this young guy as like that hasn't really proven himself with this team? And I mean, that might be no. your best option at this point. But he's an athlete. He he could theoretically duplicate what DJ has to offer when DJ's on the bench. So they have they have a backup, but I'm with you. It's it's definitely not like oh man, they're loaded at the front court position. Like they definitely could use one more trade. One probably the buyout market. I mean, we'll see who is available at that time but i think yeah you're right they're they're looking probably to add some front court depth because they do not want kevin durant playing minutes at the five any more than he's already doing it right now and trading away jared allen is just going to force them into that position so yeah they, they should definitely look at what they can add in that area all right let's so for the for the nets we know this grade is an a plus like there's there's no way around it they fucking hit this shit out of the park what do we think able we would give the rockets in terms of what they got back Go ahead, Brandon. Well, I was going to say, is it, though? Like, we all agree, but, like, some people have, have you know... No, oh, come on. ...have tried to remind... People tried reminding everyone about the Kevin Garnett-Paul Pierce trade, and I would like to say that I definitely this, agree with you, that this, this situation this is, is a not. lot different. Durant is, is younger, better. Harden is younger and better. They're, this is like, yes, they're going to suck in eight, eight years. Well, it's in his prime, you know? He's still in his prime. Yeah. He's, he's still in his prime. He's never won a championship. He has all the motivation to want to prove everybody that talks shit about him wrong. Whereas KG, he's over the hill. We all knew that. That was, I mean, they were going to be a good team. Yeah. I, I will admit, like, 10 years ago in my fucking 17 year old brain, I was like, holy shit, they got all these guys. But, like, at the end of the day, if you really looked at it, they were all over the hill. It's There's no way I would say that yeah. this trade is equal to that. I mean, obviously, if Harden was in the prime of his shape and he was like, I don't know. I, the only knock I have right now is just that he wasn't in shape, but that was for obvious reasons. He didn't want to fucking be there. He was sending a message to the owner. Yeah. Not the two-mile horn. I'm calling back to what I said the first pod, but essentially he forced his way into this trade, which is what I said he was going to do. He said he was mad about the situation. He literally said last night, I don't want to be here anymore. And then the trade happened. So just one of those things where like yeah. this, this was inevitable. And to think that just because Harden had a pissy attitude is why he's not going to be a good player and he showed up overweight. Like, no, man, he was he was doing that to send a message. He, he's not doing that because he's done with his career. I mean, he was great the first three games and then decided just to mail it in after that. I don't know who predicted that. It wouldn't be me, but it could have been me. We'll see. We'll have to check the tape. <laughs> I thought this team was going to be a little bit better. They they just yeah. haven't been as competitive as I thought. Well, he played it perfectly. He's He played it the perfect situation. He went hard when he started the job. You know, he's in training. Let's say the first three days are in training. They're starting a new job, goes hard. Everyone's like, man, this kid's going to be a superstar, you know, this season or whatever this year. And then after that, he just calls off work, is eating home, eating pizza, gains a little LBs and makes the makes the Rockets realize that there's no reason to have him. And now he got what he wanted. He played it perfectly. I, I think the Rockets probably got one of the better deals. I mean, obviously it would have been better if they got if they forced the Sixers, but it looks like the Sixers were hesitant from the get go. There, I mean, the reports were they wanted they were trying to get Tyrese Maxey, and then obviously Ben Simmons, but then they also wanted a Tybal in there too. But then the Sixers started backpedaling on Maxey. So then after that, it was pretty obvious that the Nets were giving up a lot with first round picks, pick swaps. 
and it gives him a lot of flexibility. I mean, one of the big things that not everyone's talking about is the Oladipo flip. Being able to flip Karis LeVert, get Oladipo, that's going to make them relatively competitive. Like, no, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be in some close games. They're going to get. They're going to get in the play-in tournament. At least playing. They might be in the playing tournament. That's what I'm saying. They're yeah. they're going to be competitive. They're going to be competitive with Oladipo, John Wall, Boogie, Christian Wood. It's a similar to that Kawhi trade where they got Demar and stay competitive. But on top of that, they also got a ton of draft capital. So I yeah. think that yeah, I agree with you. They they made out pretty well. And they got a bunch of flexibility. I mean, flipping Karis Levert, that's a that's a deal that he's he's good. At, he's secured until 2023. Getting Oladipo, who we already talked about in this pod, he's going to be a free agent after this year. More likely than not, they're not going to sign Oladipo to the max unless they just decide that they want to be middle of the pack for a while. They're probably going to wait it out, save that money, maybe sign someone in you know middle middle tier. And now they just have way more flexibility. I mean, they have, they have more flexibility than it was getting just Karis LeVert and then obviously compared to waiting it out with Harden, who was being there in a half-assed manner. I think they're almost forced to. I think they're forced to max out Oladipo though. See, do, are they? Once you think, after are they it, though? Do they have to? I don't, I don't think, think they, they have to. I, I feel like they can see what they have, and if they feel if they're more competitive than they realize, so he could get traded by March fourth, and the trade deadline is March twenty fifth. So they're gonna have a couple months to look at him and decide. I think if they want to keep him, if they don't want to keep him, they're gonna tra- They're just gonna flip him again and see what they can get, even if they don't get that much for him, like. There's no reason to let him just walk in the offseason. But I think at this point, like, he's a solid replacement for Harden. He's not even close to Harden's level at this point. We don't really know what he's going to be without after his injury. But this year, he's lo- been looking pretty good. And that's with him being, you know, like the third option on that Pacers team. He's going to have a pretty prominent role. I think it, probably an even bigger role on the Rockets team than he has. So I I, I don't I expect him to have a, a solid year. And I, if I'm the Rockets, I mean, what other free like what other free agents are there that you're going to use that money on? I think he's we talked about it. He's basically the best free agent unless you think you have a chance at Kawhi. Well, you keep giving you the thing with a ma- the thing with a max contract is you're locking yourself in to have no flexibility for a while. You don't necessarily have to not re-sign him. I mean, you could flip that asset. No, I mean, they a hundred percent walk for nothing is nothing. You're going to at least keep the asset. They're a hundred percent going to test the market waters. They're going to test it out. But the thing is, now with that flexibility, they can decide. Okay, is this a good enough deal? Like, if someone's giving them a first round pick and like maybe like another serviceable player that's like a, a middling contract, they'll probably end up taking that. If not, then they could just have that flexibility, not necessarily re-sign him, maybe re-sign another serviceable player for a middling contract to just stay in relevancy and then get on that thunder path where they're just hoarding up on picks, pretty much waiting for that free agent splash when it's a really good free agency class. And once that happens, they're already The thing is they're not hoarding picks, though. They're not not hoarding picks. They They, like— just kind of replenish the picks that they lost already but they could start they, they did get some extra picks out of it they got some extra picks but i mean they if you you're right if they start just having a fire sale with everyone you know then maybe they could start holding picks but I, it's not like they have a ton of draft capital at this point compared to the okc situation but that's the start obviously you have to start that process and this might be the start of that process but it, like you said it really does depend on the market of oladipo we got to see how it plays out. I mean, just this overall changed the trade market in a crazy manner. I mean, do you guys? So, what do you think of Karis Levert for Oladipo? Do you, if you're the Rockets, would you rather have Karis? So you you said you'd rather have Oladipo for the flexibility, but as a player, would you rather have Oladipo or Karis from the Rockets standpoint? I'm taking Karis. 
I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be critical. You guys are way too high on the Rockets right now. I feel like they got assets, but if you can have an actual player who's actually good or a theoretical asset, you always should take the actual. I mean, player that's who's Oladipo. Good. So, obviously, I, I just, we just talked about it, dude. He's coming he's off been of two good injuries. This whole he's playing year. good as a third banana, and that's again, that's as his third role. He's playing good as the third banana. We don't know that he's going to go to the Rockets and immediately be like, well, I'm the guy now. This is my team. I'm going to take over. Like, he, He's obviously a good player that you got, but if he's the best player in a deal Plus for James Harden... Plus eight first-round picks, though. It's I not just like, like, like I said, the, this isn't just DeMar. But, dude, what are first-round picks when you got them from a good team? When you got them from a team that we're just talking about is going to win the championship? What is the point the, of having They extend until picks? 2027, though. 2027? There's some picks. I mean, I think there's a there's a pick swap in 2027. Who Six knows? years. They but might not be a good team at that point. Especially, it's a possible asset. I know, but that's there's no guarantee that they will be or they won't be. So you you're basically rolling the dice. You're not getting I'm, anything. I just concrete. think like what is, what is what is John Wall and Karis LeVert really get you? You know, like I think at least Oladipo and John Wall is a team that you can build around with Christian Wood. The way Christian Wood has been playing, like that's a like, that's a frisky team. That's plus like Abel saying with the draft capital, with the flexibility. Like I I think that I mean Karis is a solid player. I, I think he fits better with being the third guy on Pacers team versus Oladipo, who I think is just overqualified. Like now he's this is his and him and John Wall's team. Like th- I think he's gonna be able to be like show kind of who he is and this is a contract year he fits the timeline better he fits the timeline better because john wall's up there boogie's obviously up there christian wood has been around for a little bit i know he's not in his 30s yet but he's got to be close so i mean he fits their timeline i would i would just say you're if you do max out oladipo you're maxing out a roster that is not anywhere close to winning you a championship so i'm just saying you traded james harden we all said he's a, the fucking mvp pretty much almost every year not the mvp but he's in the conversation he gets votes he's in the racing yeah yeah so to have oladipo be the best player to get back i'm just i would if i i'm saying a to f i'm giving this trade like a b i'm not giving it anywhere close to an a like they got what they should have gotten yeah. but they definitely could have gotten more like i would have tried harder to get ben simmons in my opinion because he's a great player who you can definitely build a team around whereas Oladipo is on the way out of his prime, and he's, he's a good player. I like think we're all that, saying, so they're going to be a good I team. I think but. that's uh, a debate. I mean, Oladipo and eight first-round picks, I think, is potentially better than just Simmons. I mean, depends on what you're getting. If you're getting Simmons and, like, three first-round picks, or you're also getting Maxi, you're also getting Tybal. Well, Simmons like, and Maxi. The proposed trade was Simmons, Maxi, and picks. So it's like I, mean, that I don't was even the need Tybal at that point. I mean, the Sixers don't want this seems to like not want to do that. So that's why. Like I mean, if you could do that, I'm sure the Rockets wanted. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what I'm that's assuming talk was. the Rockets wanted that. The, we just we just saw the reports. The reports were that the Rock the Rockets were pursuing a Simmons trade with Maxi. You know that was what they were pursuing. And if the facts and Tybal added in there and and Tybal, yeah, the the came out that they also want Tybal too. So that's what I'm saying. I would have probably taken it, take out Tybal, take out Maxi, take out one of those two, take out one of those two. I would prefer that trade. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I think Ben Simmons is a better asset. Simmons has not improved. He has the exact same stats he's had his rookie year. He's also been with someone who's impeding him from leading the team. He's been with someone in direct conflict. I mean, sure, I 100% agree with that. But I, you can make the same argument with Oladipo. That has been the third guy on this team and is still averaging 20 plus points a game. Since he came back from two career or season ending injuries. But Oladipo and eight first round picks versus Simmons, and like that's it. Like, what are you? That, I, I guarantee the Rockets tried getting Simmons plus picks. And I'm, it's those Sixers that walked away. And that's why when it just is just Simmons, 
versus Oladipo and first first round picks. I'm saying we don't know. I'm saying we don't know. What do you give the trade? Do you think they knocked it out of the park? Do you think they got the best possible trade they could have? They gotten? didn't knock it out of the park, but I think I'll give like an A minus out of what you could have gotten. I would have preferred to get a young guy, but there, there's no competitive teams. There's no Clippers team that has a Shea Gillis Alexander that's ready to compete and ready to give you all these traffics. Like you were gonna get either Simmons or you were gonna get guys like Karis LeVert and you know that were like rotational players plus traffics. The fact that they got Oladipo, who is a very much a potential All Star, on top of the, all the draft capital, I think they they did as much as I could have hoped they would have gotten. I think for me, the the straight up trade was a B. The extra component of trading Oladipo and adding that flexibility upgrades it to a B plus. And I think one of the deal big deal breakers was also, I mean, Tyrese Maxey, because I saw a report that said they were trying to not include Tyrese Maxey in there and instead replace it with draft picks, which that makes sense. But who knows? Maybe they were doing like a first round. Like it's just maybe the value wasn't there with the same amount of draft picks. And also the asking price just made more sense without necessarily blowing it up. You keep the main core of KD, Kyrie, and unfortunately, I, I mean, perf- I would have preferred to keep Jared Allen over DeAndre, but I'm sure Jared Allen was also another thing that pushed that trade into actually being processed today. Because that was the big thing. It happened today. The, the, one of the, the early reports stated that James Harden wasn't going to be with the team until the trade was done. He was going to stay home. He wasn't even going to practice. He wasn't going to do anything with the team. So you're essentially just having a player sit out with no reward, no monetary value coming back in terms of views, in terms of fans, nothing. So they had to get it done today. The team chemistry was going to shambles. I mean, Boogie was talking smack. Clearly Harden was talking smack. After Boogie ripped Harden, there was no coming back. Well, honestly, dude, when Harden ripped them all, like literally, and it it started getting blown out by the Lakers. I mean, the Lake (laughs) – LeBron is – Half cackling, half like a no look shot. Yeah, yeah. Ha- half cackling, being like, "Man, I just took this the league into a shitstorm," but then realizing, like, "Ah, oh, damn, I just hooked up KD <laughs> with uh, with a, probably one of the best teams." I mean, he obviously had the Warriors, but one of the most talented players, you know, Steph Curry, James Harden are almost side by side in terms of talent, in terms of offensive star power. It's just. It's a good trade. It's probably the best they were going to get because, I'm, sh- like I said, I'm sure the Sixers were asking for a little bit more and getting that flexibility. And Karis LeVert, probably a better like player that could fit into a better mold. But Oladipo, he becomes like your star player. John Wall is like over the hill. Boogie's kind of over the hill. You don't want Christian Wood to be the face of your franchise. Oladipo has proven he's a face of a franchise. He's marketable. Karis LeVert, you, you haven't seen it. He has the potential. He has the potential, but it's like this year, they still have to salvage this season in terms of viewership, in terms of fans. You know, that's a big thing. At the end of the day, it's a business. And that's what they want to do. You can't market Karis LeVert. It's going to be hard to market Karis LeVert this year or, or Christian Wood. You have to decide between them two. If I'm a Rockets fan, I'm way happier to get Oladipo than I am with Karis LeVert. Like, you at least have something to look forward to, to, like, watch every game, you know? Like, you have yeah. something to, like 
like I said, look forward to for the rest of the season. Karis LeVert is going to be a good player, but it's like you're you're just looking forward to the lottery at that point. Yeah, and then I mean, Mac- I, I don't I don't know why we're saying that Oladipo is like a ten win adding player, but okay, if that's what you think, that's what you think. Oladipo's good. He is not an MVP candidate, which is what you're trying to explain that he is. Like I don't know, man. He obviously fits the team. He fits the age bracket, but he's not he's not catapulting this team into uh, the playoff race. Like they're, they're going to be, be like in ten seed. They're going to be like 10 seed. I'm just saying, dude, if you look at Oladipo's trajectory, he was not shit on the Magic. He was not shit on the Thunder. And then he got to the Pacers and he had one and a half years that he was really good. But that's the thing is that's why it's a good trade because Karis LeVert in two years, maybe even next year, he's probably going to be a better player than Oladipo. But you don't have the liability of keeping Oladipo past this year if you don't want to that's the beauty of the trade he could be good i mean people have flashes of being good i'm just saying like if we're talking about right now who's a more developed player i think oladipo is just the more developed player well he's he's later on in his career. two years though. later yeah two years ago oladipo was better than where karis lavert is now but karis lavert has never been looked at as the guy like oladipo who's leading a team dude you're talking about guys who've had different roles their whole careers he's a better fit to be my third guy on the pacers i think oladipo is a better fit to be my lead ball handler and my lead scorer my guy that is gonna get the last shot in the game are you taking care you're telling karis is gonna give you take that last shot if you have him and oladipo I could see it, but I think Oladipo is just better offensively at this point. We'll see. I got you got a couple years. We'll see where Levert is. I'm just saying right now, if I'm Houston, I'd rather have Oladipo. And it's best for his development because right now, being with Malcolm Brogdon, Sabonis, Mouse Turner, like he can shoot the last shot if he needs to, but he doesn't have to. Like you're probably better off having Brogdon be the the main ball handler in crunch time. Whereas if you're on the Rockets, I mean, who knows how your confidence could be affected. I mean, not saying Karis LeVert, he doesn't look like the kind of guy where he, missing shots or anything like that would hurt his confidence. But just playing with a below average team, who knows how that could affect his progression. Whereas Indy, he could just kind of flow with the game. He could just do his thing. So that's the main difference where it makes sense for both teams to make this move. Where you have – because also, let's say – you don't you you don't blow it up. You keep Karis Levert if you're the Rockets. Then you use the draft picks that you got, and you're kind of again like a middle of the pack unless you hit big in the in the draft. Whereas now you you don't have that commitment. I mean, I keep harping on it, but you don't have that commitment. That's a big thing to have a commitment to someone that you got in a trade. That's not necessarily someone that you know you picked up. And they're not in for the long haul. You're looking at it as a good thing. I don't know if that's a good thing, though. Like, it's all about having assets. And, like, I mean, Oladipo is, like, you're potentially letting them walk away. And you're, you're saying you're, you you want them to let them walk. And then, but, like, then what are they going to do at that point? Well, they're, they're going to have to, like, let go of John Wall, let go of Boogie. The only real person from this from this actual squad is Christian Wood. They're, well, gonna they're keep. not letting go of John Wall. Eventually. I'm with Abel, though, man. Like, what's the ceiling for this team, bro? What's There's the no ceiling. ceiling. You got to blow it up. You got to blow it There's up. No, and having that, you got to blow it up dude you just traded away the mvp you got to blow it up so you're acting like this is the team for like the next five years it's not dude there's no way they keep this team i mean they're kind of stuck with this team though is that my point because john you're not trading john wall unless like what are you going to get for john wall and then you're going to keep christian wood unless you want to use him as a trade piece to really blow it up but like that seems like a guy you want to build around and then it leaves Oladipo. And, like, so what do you do? Do you just let Oladipo walk where you have John Wall and Christian Wood where you're going to be kind of competitive, but, like, you're not good to win? Like, you might as well just lock up Oladipo and then maybe try to, like, flip Oladipo next year or something, unless you can flip him this year. But you're probably going to – I don't know what you can get from him this year. It's, it, they are in a weird spot. I don't know exactly what the, like, 
next move is because they are they're going to be stuck with John Wall. Like that's the thing. It's going to be make it hard to rebuild until John Wall's contract is up. Unless they could use the season to rehab him and get his value back because we've all been talking about how he his offensively he looks like he's pretty much back to being the same guy. So I don't know. Whereas he's on last a year, super he, max contract though. I don't know. No, no one's no, gonna I take know, it. But I mean, I, dude, he got traded out of the fucking Wizards, so I don't know. I'm just saying it happened. Like it's not like it's not possible. I'm just saying it's not likely. But I don't know, man. There's there's still room but to yeah. completely blow it all up is what I would say. And I, I'm with Abel. I think the main thing is the flexibility because if you don't sign Oladipo, then you're not locked into this roster that's not getting out of the second round of the playoffs because that's the reality. Because the they're thing is you can't – the they're going to have to blow it up by when John Wall's career – that's like the deadline. John Wall's uh, contract ends. That's like when they're like, all right, we're moving on to the next phase of our actual team because we no longer have this contract. Christian Wood's contract also ends that same year. You know, the only person that they have on contract is Eric Gordon after that year. So unless Oladipo is going to take a two-year deal, which I highly doubt, there's no reason to keep him. If he does, then great, keep him. But, I mean, I just don't think it's realistic, especially if he has a good year. I heard reports saying that he wants the max, and that's why he wanted to get traded out of Indy because I'm pretty sure he knew. He definitely wants the max, and I think he's going to get the max. It's just a matter of if it's the Rockets now. Or if someone else does it. I'm way able that that's a bad deal, bro. Because you're locking yourself into a team that there's no way they're winning a championship. If you couldn't win a championship with James Harden, why the fuck would you give a max contract to Victor Oladipo thinking you're going to win a championship? That's not going to work out. So you're just letting him walk? I mean, they clearly I mean, traded for him for something. Like, what Like what? What did they trade for him then? I mean, so just to get the expiring contract? Is, is Oladipo an expiring contract? Is that the only value he's I mean, bringing to a team? That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with Abel, man. That's kind of where I'm and, at. And the flexibility and markability – Keeping in competitive games, they're going to be competitive, man. He's going to keep the, him and Christian Wood by themselves. Not even taking into the fact that John Wall's having a good year. Boogie might end up being a serviceable player. You know, who knows? Even P.J. Tucker might have a little resurgence after now that uh, James Harden's not there. That is one thing about it. The locker room's going to be a yeah. lot better. Maybe even Eric Gordon. You know, like, who knows what's going to happen? And it's about, like, possibly just being entertaining this year. As long as you're entertaining, then who cares because everybody knows they're blowing it up. You have to hit big in the in the draft class. You have to pretty much wait out John Wall's contract because you're not going to do much with John Wall on your squad. Or unless, like, you know, you flip a couple of those picks for a salary dump, which is a possibility. But that's just the flexibility of this trade. And that's why I do like this trade for the Rockets. Compared to with the, with the Ben Simmons trade, it would have been kind of a limbo where it'd be like, if you get Ben Simmons, you're probably going to want to win now. You know, Ben Simmons is a talent that, Deserves to be on a playoff team. But, I mean, we're, time will tell. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We can't. I mean, we're over here just trying to predict the future. And we can't predict the future, but those are the, pretty much the two ways they got to go. I think one's a little more straightforward than the other. Something that we got to try to predict, though, is about Kyrie. I mean, his situation is one of the funkiest situations. Harden's kind of been taking it, took a little bit of edge off of him. But, I mean, I'm hearing reports he might sit the whole year. I feel like he's got to come back soon after this whole scenario just because it's going to be such a good team with James Harden and he, he wants to build that chemistry ASAP. Or does he even care? He, he knows they're going to be a championship team. So it's either you got to decide you're going to sit the whole year and just be like, I don't want to be a part of it whatsoever. Or you got to be like, all right, let's get to it, you know. But realistically, we got to wait, see what's going on with this investigation. He'll probably get a fine and get suspended, but 
it's not really going to matter if he gets suspended. He's already sitting out games anyways. But, I mean, how, how soon do you think he's going to come back, Brandon? I, I don't really see him coming back anytime soon until this investigation's wrapped up. Yeah, there's really no way of even telling at this point. The situation is just a new layer is, like, revealed every day of the story where first it was just the day of the, you know, capital situation where he just decides to sit out. And we think, all right, you know, after everything he's said and been through in the, you know, before the bubble and leading up to the bubble, like, all right, this makes a lot of sense. But then it got to a second game and a third game and a fourth game, and it's looking like there's really no end in sight. And then the video comes out that looks like Kyrie Irving that at a party, at, you know, with no mask on. And uh, this just adds a whole nother dynamic that there's really no way to t- tell what what's what's going to happen in this situation. We got to see what the league is going to do. Got to see what the Nets and Steve Nash is going to do. We got to see what Kevin Durant thinks about this situation, what Harden thinks of this issue. There's a lot of moving parts, I think. I think Kyrie... I mean, who knows? Maybe he just decided, like, hey, I was irresponsible. I was at my family's party. I'm just going to sit out and just try to avoid, you know, the team. Maybe he was looking out for the team. That's still, you should still disclose the fact that you were at this party. I think that would be a good start. So he's obviously, it's, it's one thing if this was someone else, you know, but, like, the fact that it's Kyrie just makes it a whole nother thing. There's his history of having trouble building chemistry and getting along with teammates like it is a very weird situation it's looking like the Nets might even have to look into a trade that would be getting really crazy without including them they should have included them in like the Sixers trade or anything like that I mean it's kind of who knows maybe that is the real reason why he's like waiting out is like man like because the Nets are kind of acting real suspect with what's going on they haven't disclosed anything they've just been like pretty much like no comment no comment so maybe they did this. He did disclose quick. He's like, "Yo, like I was at my sister's party. Like I was with no mask. Like it was kind of more like bigger than I expected." You know, Kyrie he gets a lot of like credibility in terms of being a conspiracy theorist because the whole flat Earth thing and all that stuff, and a lot of hate for that. But he he's, he looks like a genuinely good dude. Everything he does in the community. So maybe it's like as simple as that, where he's just like, "Man, I don't want to infect it. Like saw everything going on. Like I don't. I, like I might as well sit out. I'm gonna sit out anyways." So that could be a real possibility that, honestly, I didn't really think about. But, I mean. Well, I would just push back and say they asked Steve Nash about it, and Steve Nash said he didn't know. So if he did that, and then Steve it Nash. It might be a higher up thing. It might be an Steve executive thing where you're just like, he's just like, dude, like are you going to bother with the coach? It could have. It's still weird, though. You got. You should tell your head coach. And bro. Steve Nash is. Like, I mean, if, if this was a, like under the table deal that Kyrie told Steve Nash, like. This is clearly something that wasn't like done through like the proper like channels of the NBA. So I I don't think Steve Nash would just incriminate himself yeah. and say, "Yeah, I knew all about this." Yeah, and I just didn't say anything. He would have thrown so him under the just, bus for no yeah, reason. Yeah, we can't just yeah. take Steve Nash's word. Like, and at the same time, there's no proof of this. Yeah, I'm this is all speculation. Trying to get, carry the benefit of the doubt, but it just it's a very like just to sit out for personal reasons without any of the rest of the team knowing like what's going on is just very bizarre. And to combat like our whole speculation of that he's uh. It's kind of like a COVID-related thing, and he doesn't want to tarnish the whole team's health. There is reports that he, he was pretty furious about not being involved in the whole head coach search, and he was not a fan of Steve Nash. So it's like you have the you have the, the whole, like just like the regular world with COVID throwing it all into like panic where nobody knows what's going on. You have that COVID side and the health side, and then you have kind of the disgruntled superstar that just thought he was going to be the face of the team with KD – is also is feeling distant from KD. Doesn't feel like, you know, it's his team as much as it is KD. 
feels distant from the management, feels distant from the coach, adding hard into the mix. Now he's essentially like the third fiddle. That's, I mean, that's an aspect that we got to think about at the end of the day. They, they do have egos no matter how like cool of people they are or good of people they are towards the community and all that. They do care about being heard. You know, everybody wants to be heard. I think a big part of it, I think a big part of it is that like, not only what does he not involved in the Steve Nash hiring, but like Steve, like Kevin Durant was obviously involved in the Steve Nash hiring where Steve Nash, like the, the ties were that Steve Nash was an assistant for the Warriors the last couple of years. And that's where Kevin Durant and him built a relationship. And that was what Kevin Durant gave a, you know, a good word for Steve Nash. And I think the fact that Kevin Durant had an influence and that Kyrie didn't have an influence, I think that is even bigger. Even makes it an even bigger deal and a bigger blow to Kyrie. Where I'm sure he thought he was gonna, he was going into the situation on an even playing field. I'm sure he had an understanding that Kevin Durant was the better player, but I think he did think he was gonna have an influence on this team. And the fact that he hasn't had an influence, and maybe that is where he's feeling a little regretful. Yeah, it's it's a level of insecurity that does not fit with his skill set and his marketability as a player. He's, he has like the best selling shoe in the league. So to just always feel like like we're saying, if he feels distant from the team or distant from Kevin Durant, just don't I don't get it, bro. This was Kevin Durant was out at the time. Kevin Durant was out due to COVID protocols. And that's when Kyrie was like, I'm out, too. I don't want to play anymore. So it's just like, I don't know, man. I know we said, obviously, everything going on in the world. He's a politically active dude. It makes sense for him to step away, but then when we find this stuff out, and even if it was a family party, the reports were that he was at his sister's birthday party. Like, I get that, but if you're doing that, does that mean that Bruce Brown gets to go to his sister's birthday party and miss games? Does that mean that Joe Harris gets to go to his brother's birthday party? It just sets a weird precedent for the team where now everybody's like, okay, Kyrie gets special treatment, and to loop this into back last year, that's exactly what happened with the Clippers. They let Kawhi do whatever he wanted to do, come to fucking from San Diego to LA to go to practice, always show up late, make the team wait for him. And Kyrie is potentially doing the exact same thing to this Nets roster. So if we're, like we're saying, talking about chemistry, man, that's the exact thing you do not want for your team chemistry. So if if he's going to learn from what's going on in the league and learn from what's going on in the world, like you got to understand that the team is bigger than one individual. And this has just been something that has plagued him his whole career. And it, it just begs the question, one of you said like, they should potentially be looking at maybe another trade at this point because if he's going to do this much to sabotage the team, it's like, why would you want to have that in your locker room? Like, I know he's a great player. I know him and Kevin worked well together. I know they're friends, but at some point, you're fucking up the team, man. You're fucking up the money. You can't you can't be doing this much and then expecting everybody to be like, it's okay, Kyrie, you do whatever the fuck you want. Show up whenever you want. Like, that's not how this works. All these people have emotions and they're not going to be able to just separate if they made a trade for kyrie they'd have to upgrade that wing defensive depth they'd have to get like a a three and d guy that probably that'd be the trade they'd be looking for because realistically they don't have to trade kyrie kobe white auto porter couple first let's get it done lori marketing welcome welcome home (laughs) hey man i would probably buy a kyrie jersey i'm not gonna lie man i would be all in dude hey uh, yeah, for sure. 11, but... 11 is my number for sure. So, I mean, I ain't hating on it. But, I mean, realistically, I don't think a trade's a possibility just because you, if you would have done the trade, you would have already included them in the trade, even if for I more assets. If the Rockets, I mean, I wonder if the Rockets said no, though. 
You know, what if they were like, we don't, yeah, we don't want to deal with this. Why would you trade for this? But guy? I think the Sixers would say yes. Why would I think the Sixers would say guy? yes? You know, Kyrie with Embiid, that'd be a machine. So I think this, it, the Sixers, they probably could have taken that. But it's just, it's going to be rough. I mean, I think he's going to get it situated. We're still technically early in the season where he might just be kind of throwing a little tantrum and they can make it work, especially there's going to be a learning curve in the locker room with the Harden trade. So this is kind of just another task as part of that learning curve that they have to overcome. I think the real big important thing is the investigation. I mean, why is this investigation going to – how long is it going to take and why Why is it taking longer than like a day or so, you know? There's video. Decide. Are you going to suspend him? Are you going to fine him? And then suspend him and fine him for whatever you think and make him quarantine, you know? And then either make him be like, yo, you got to – you got to make a decision. You got to come back or we're going to start like cutting your pay or something like that. You know, they got to like, they can't allow him to sit out for personal reasons unless the Nets are cool with it. And then, I mean, that's kind of just dysfunction on the Nets. Well, that's the thing with the modern NBA, like no team wants to be the team that's suspending their superstars and making their superstars have to go through extra bullshit. That's why nothing happened with Harden. Like we just saw this happen with Harden, dude. They literally just hand waved him. They're like, okay, you're good. You were just at a club for your fucking friends, whatever. She got a promotional event. I mean, he, like, he, I was, he was just... forced to quarantine though. Like, But not two weeks. I'm pretty sure it was like three days before the season started. And then he played like the second game I mean, of the he, season. It was so like a, it was like a seven day I, quarantine. Yeah, so that's I mean that's not that's not two weeks. So I I don't know, man. It's just they don't want to be the team that's like, yeah, we're hammering our star players. So it it really to me is it's up to the league and based yeah. on how Adam Silver's handled everything, like they're not going to do anything. Yeah. So it's it's going to continue to be an issue in my opinion. Adam Silver doesn't want to be that commissioner. He's made it clear he's not David Stern, and it's just I don't know. I mean, like you said, they have plenty of time to work it out. They have plenty of time to get back on the same page, but. To already start off like this, yeah. and it's – I don't know, man. It's just not a good sign. You you can't expect fucking rainbows when you start out with yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean another speculation too is like you guys said, he started sitting out when KD started becoming out, and that's kind of when the league got heavy with all the contract tracing, games – or not games, but players being out and games being in jeopardy. Maybe he was waiting out to see what regulations they were going to do and not necessarily be a part of it. Because obviously now it's all the regulations are in place. He can decide, oh, is it worth me sitting out the season? Are these regulations going to impede on my personal life and mental health too much? Or is this fine? Obviously, that's all speculation, but that could be another aspect of his train of thought that he wanted to see. He saw kind of like the the stone picking up some moss and he was like, all right, I don't want to jump in there when the moss is gathering. So that could be another thing. And I mean, to piggyback off of it, they, they put some pretty big, pretty big restrictions in terms of like they can't have guests. They have, if they're on home games, they got to be on a home lockdown. If they're on road games, they can't leave the hotel. Obviously, besides like anything basketball related, basketball activities, team activities and stuff like that. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that's a possibility or are you guys still thinking it's kind of because the one thing is like the media does blow it out of proportion with like the disgruntled superstar. So do you guys feel like it's a disgruntled superstar or more like that COVID thing where he's just kind of waiting it out? Is that a possibility? Brandon, what do you think? You can never know with Kyrie. You really can't know with Kyrie, dude. Yeah. This guy is the most, like, yeah. he's an enigma. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, this whole year has just been a lot of, like, internal turmoil that I can't tell if uh, 
COVID's just really putting a magnifying glass on it with everyone just hanging out so much and not being able to do anything and relieve stress in other manners. A lot of divorces. Or, yeah, maybe do, yeah, team divorces <laughs> or you got the Harden Rockets divorce. Possibly, I mean, Kyrie and uh, Nets separation. You know, they're sleeping in different beds. But <laughs> another, I mean, another thing, John Collins. I mean, that's something that's kind of been thrown under the rug. That was kind of a big story before this Harden thing and this Kyrie thing really just took gained steam was John Collins was not happy with the Hawks and there was turmoil there. And I mean, that LaMelo triple double, which shot out being the rookie record, LaMelo looking like the favorite for rookie of the year. And the Rockets are on their way for, for some success this year. But that, that Trey young game, he, he didn't play so hot and they lost to the Hornets. Who's, you know, Hornets is a middle of the pack East team, which is kind of a uh, lower of the pack NBA team. So, I mean, do, do you think, with John Collins's contract situation, should he be another the next one up, or would they just hold it out, see if they can sign him to a middling extension in the off season? What do you think, Joe? I think it's definitely a weird spot. I I said on the previous podcast that John Collins and Trey Young had a tight bond, and that's what I assumed, knowing that they've been together their whole careers. But it just sounds like Trey's play style is. A little grading for some guys, you know, and John Collins being there a little bit longer, it just seems like he's starting to feel like he doesn't have the attention that he feels like it's, is warranted for him, the, the offensive skill set that he yeah. has, being able to shoot threes, not at a high level, but he can still make them. And then also he's elite at going to the basket, sneaky good at post-ups. He's, he's stronger than you might think for his size. And I don't know, it, it just it's definitely weird. And I would say almost that he's not good enough to push back the way that he is to Trey Young. But at this point... If he's going to keep his mouth running and Trey's not going to be as productive as he was before, like they have to look at a potential trade for him because he's going to walk, like we're saying. He's going to get probably close to a max, and I don't see the Hawks matching that. I mean, he was a legit 20 and 10 guy last year. So I could, and like he's dropped down to like 17 and 7 this year off of like 27, 28 minutes. And that's not even necessarily Trey Young's fault. I think part of it is just. He's just not not getting the minutes that he was last yep. year because this team is clearly going in a sort of different direction. They got more front court help as well. I mean, they were struggling with the front court, and it was obviously besides the emergence of Trey Young, they didn't really have much players, so that was a, a big thing. I mean, adding obviously, even though Bogdanovich and Gallo are out, just adding a Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. But I mean. Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter have taken a huge step up to where like they're legitimately That's why. good players now. Like Hunter is a legit guy. He's on his way up, and Cam Reddish has become a guy. Like who, people were wondering what he was going to be in this league, and he's shown that he could be pretty good and like already. And that's why like that that production is already yeah like eating into John Collins' production on top of Bogdan, like you said, and Gallo, yeah. who we haven't seen much from Gallo, but still, yeah. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not saying much. Like, it's not like he has a, a great defensive plus minus, but I mean, Cam Reddish is their best defensive player. And nah, DeAndre Hunter's. Yeah, I mean, according to the plus minus, he's their best uh, defensive player besides Clint Capella. I mean, a hun- nah, plus minus is not. I mean, it's a good confirmation stat. You gotta use your eyes. It's not by. It's DeAndre not by Hunter's much. DeAndre Hunter's a better defender than Cam Reddish. They're close. They're, they're close, yeah. though. Gets, I, I think Cam Reddish has come a long way. Minutes. That's true. But overall, they they just don't have – I mean, very they're, they're two of the only people besides Clint Capella as well that have a positive plus-minus on the defensive end. So that's the biggest thing with the Hawks is like, yeah, they're, 
they're like what the, what you're saying with the Nets that it's going to be harder for them to stop anybody, but it's okay because they could just outscore them with Harden and Durant. They're like that, but like on some crack because they're definitely not going to start anyone, and they're going to score a lot, but. The NBA getting in shootouts, that's way harder to be consistent with your wins and losses. And that's why I understand like them being like out on John Collins because you have to sooner or later bring in someone that can help you on defense. He's got an expiring contract. I mean, at this point, it probably would make sense to flip him, get something back. Maybe that team, a team that he could choose that he probably will want to sign an extension with and actually want him maybe like the Celtics or something like that and get back. I mean, John Collins for Marcus Smart. I know we're speculating Marcus Smart. Is that is that something that you guys would be down for? I feel like that's that trade makes sense. If I'm a, if I'm a Celtics, I'm uh, doing that uh, 100 out of 100 times. I don't know if the Hawks would want to do that, but Marcus Smart is something that, you know, you can get for John Collins. I would try to test the market a little more, but that is something that like that's a similar trade that they're going to probably look look for. The only reason I would say the Celtics might not want it is just because they already don't really have that many defensive centers. Like they have Tice and they have Tristan Thompson who are good, but John Collins is just not a good rim protector. So it's like I mean, he, if he's, he's starting play, out, he plays if he's a four. There and you're closing I think five, Collins is a four. I don't think he can't play the five. I don't yeah. think. He's it's weird though, man, because he's too slow to guard fours and he's not big enough to guard five. So it's like. He's in that Blake Griffin range where, like, he's a really good offensive player. You want him on your team, but I just don't know if he could win a championship if he's your second or third. I, yeah, I, I'll take that back. He could win if he's your your third or fourth best guy. That's what it would be the Celtics, would be and it would take so, out that yeah. whole situation of Mark. Yeah. I mean, sure, you'd lose on the defensive end, but you got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They're still your defensive stoppers. They can be if they need to be. And yeah. so, I mean – it's just you went from having only one bad defensive player in uh, what's it, Kemba in your closing lineup to two, so it's just another thing to the I just equation. I think that what Marcus Smart does offensively is just like I think he's become he's becoming a net negative. negative at this point. Like he's so good defensively, and there's times he makes clutch defensive plays where I'm like, man, that's why you risk him shooting that shot at 45 seconds left in the game. But like. He's doing it more and more to where it's really becoming a problem. And, like, yeah. Collins, I think, would help solidify that front court for them. But that's why I think it would be Call a good him. fit. It would be a good fit with uh, with Trey Young and the Hawks, with Marcus Smart. Trey Young is not going to let Marcus Smart shoot that shot. Trey Young's going to sh- dribble it around a little bit more and find him an open shot. <laughs> you know, so that's why that could be a good fit. But I think the moral of the story is if John Collins doesn't want to be there, he doesn't have to be there. His contract's expiring. It might be that time. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, it could just be like voicing his frustration just one time, being like, yo, I mean, I'm not I happy. That's, it. that's the thing. And that's it. That he, it's, a, it's, it's a free agent year. You know, he's trying to get that. It's a contract year. He's trying to get put up some numbers. And like, that's why he's on a different, he has a different agenda than the rest of the team, you know? And like, he's yeah. going to try to say like, oh, this is, you know, f- to help win games. But like, at the end of the day, he's trying to do this because he wants to get a contract at the end of the year. And, I mean, Trey Young's going to do what he does. He's a high-usage player. He's used to putting up 30 points a game. But Trey Young put gets nine assists a game. It's not like Trey Young is the biggest ball hog ever, you know? Like, I mean, he's a James Harden type of eh. player. I mean, he's James Harden where he has a huge usage. He's a little bit. He's 
I would say James Harden's better at getting people involved. He's a little sure. bit of a stat pattern, dude. Let's be real. Well, if, if you watch the games, he he gets he gets assists, but it's like he's a little bit of a hunter uh, for yeah. assists. You know, it's not like yeah. he's like I, they I mean, just part of that is the it's the definitely because he he's hasn't won any games his first two years in the league. So like he hasn't built a culture to have to play team basketball. They've literally like just fed him the ball and let him do his thing for the last two years. And now here he is with a decent team, and like yeah, he's obviously having to adjust and the the biggest storyline that people don't really want to talk about is just like we all we all have played basketball if you have someone on your team that only does stuff on one side of the ball which is offense for trey young and that is literally just like a fucking piece of tissue paper out there like it gets pretty annoying as a teammate to be like, dude, can you guard someone? Especially like, can you stay in front as someone of john collins who's so, getting it who's in the trenches getting you boards just to hand it off to trey young who's doing that in good faith, hoping that, you know, he's going to get it, you know, involved in the offense at some point. And if he's just handing the ball off to Trey Young just for Trey Young to do his thing, then I'm, I can see the frustration from John Collins. Yeah. It, yeah, it the frustration sense. is there. It really is going to come down to, I mean, they should overall just be looking at the market because it is an expiring contract. It's just going to come down to, is it going to be a distraction? Then obviously you see the sense of urgency with what happened with Harden. Once it becomes a distraction, you, there's a greater sense of urgency. Right now, it's just kind of like internal where we got the one report, but it's not really anything substantial. Uh, I think it is substantial. The fact that it got out, and the fact that Trey Young reacted the way he did by shooting the ball nine times the very next game and had ba- bad body language, like... I think it, it's a thing, you know, and like, sure, maybe they could get past it. You it's know, a story. Maybe they can get past it, but I think it it's not just something they like. They could just brush off. Like they're gonna have to. Oh work, no, no, work through this. That's why you have to check out the market. It's in the Hawks' best interest to downplay. It. It's in the For Hawks' sure. best they're interest. They're gonna try to. Like, nah, they're gonna try story. to. This I just I anything. think it's probably a bigger deal, like than it is. You know, like telling your star player Trey Young that like, hey, I'd need the ball. Like you're not running the offense the way we should run this offense like that's kind of insulting to a player that you know trey young i'm sure he thinks pretty highly of himself and he proved a point that people have yeah. compared it to kobe bryant who got like seven points in a playoff game because people called him a ball hog i don't think trey young went to that level but like he, he he clearly took it to heart so that's why i don't know if this is something they could just like move past i mean it's substantial enough to look for sure. a trade I'm, I don't think it's substantial enough to just get any trade and ship them out because it's so toxic or do it the same day. Like it's not on the level of what happened with James Harden, but it's substantial enough where they should be. It, yeah, I agree. It's they not, should it's be not fielding offers. It's substantial enough where they should be fielding offers. Yes. When, when John Collins is like at his press conference, like after the game, ripping Trey on debts, then we'll have a problem. Yeah. When he's when it happens yeah. in a film room and it you know it just leaks like that's rough, but it's not as bad as what James Harden did. Yeah, that's family shit. You can call yeah. out your family, so yeah, that's it's it's definitely. And like you said, story. they might have that relationship where they're maybe he does have confidence to tell Trey Young like, "Yo, I'm not cool with it." You know, like just because he says that doesn't necessarily mean they're not cool off off the court. You know, and that is. I just think Trey Young's response proved that he like. Didn't but people respond differently, and like I said, off the court, on the court, it's sometimes it's different people. People have different reactions. That's, I mean, I, I'm not the same person when I'm balling compared to when I'm off the court. 
I mean, I'm I'm pretty similar though. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm having joke, cracking jokes and stuff. But so, <laughs> yeah, he's an asshole. Everybody. Yeah, but so, but so. people. Yeah, I'll throw some bows. I'll throw some bows. Hey, you got to be gritty, man. Gritty in life. Gritty in the court. You know. But all right, guys. Um, I mean, that was a good one. One of the pods that we were most excited to do, with the whole James Harden news happening today. But that that's a wrap. We're we're gonna catch you on the next one. We we do have something in the works that we might get cooking. And we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Check us out on Twitter. Peace. Later. Ciao.